Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. I'm happy to have you join me today because I have a question from a listener this week. They said, my husband and I have been married a few years now, and we're struggling with figuring out how to combine our finances and don't even know if we should combine our finances. We both have decent paying jobs and not an unmanageable amount of debt, but we do have shared debt and kids together. What is the best way to manage our monthly budget? Well, the simple answer is there is no textbook best way. The best way to manage your budget is to figure out what works best for you as a family. I actually get this question quite often. Managing money in a marriage can add a lot of unnecessary stress and can manifest itself in other areas of the marriage. No one gets married to argue, especially to argue over money. There are a great deal of intricacies that may affect a family financially, but let's go ahead and look at some basic ways to combine or not combine your finances because maybe combining isn't the answer, but finding a balance is. Some couples decide not to combine their finances and they're able to come up with a plan to manage their household finances in a way that feels comfortable and fair for both parties. This can't be said for all couples. Some don't combine finances and are unable to come up with a plan that both parties feel is fair. Sometimes families do combine their finances and one or the other party feels that this isn't fair either. Everyone's situation is different and everyone's situation should feel comfortable and make sense to them as a family. Before we start, let me just say, when you get married, you are no longer singular. You have become part of a whole unit or a team, if you will. In a team, everyone works together to reach a common goal, to win the game, meet the deadline at work. The same can be said for a family. You're all there to work together towards a common goal. So when we get married, we wanna set our own egos aside and cooperate with one another to reach a common goal. Now, I'm not saying you have to sacrifice all that you hold dear and give in, in air quotes, to all the other person's wishes. Both parties need to compromise And many of these financial belief conversations actually should take place before you get married. But let's be honest, most people don't discuss finances in depth before marriage. Yes, most probably have some conversations and discuss dreams of buying a house or a dream vacation, probably about their 401ks, maybe about the debt they have, but they don't necessarily discuss how they will manage their money day to day or month to month. We'll do another episode on premarital money conversations, but just know you are now married and these conversations may be a little difficult at first. Setting aside your egos when resentment may be built may be difficult, but no hurdle is insurmountable. I've been married for 25 years and I think my husband and I probably combined our finances even before we were married, but that was a different time. 25 years is a long time ago. Life was different. The world was different. And we really didn't have much in a way of finances to combine. We married young, both had low paying jobs, 
So we kind of combined out of necessity to make it easier on both of us to cover our basic expenses. And there was really just not much left over after the basics were covered. But I know this is really not the case for a lot of couples these days. Some people wait until they're well-established to get married. Some may not be on their first marriage and perhaps are a little gun-shy about combining finances. Sometimes one party makes significantly more and feels they're protecting themselves financially by not combining. All these reasons are fine, but sometimes these same reasons can create problems. So how do you combine all or some of your finances so that everyone feels comfortable with the situation? And that's the key is everyone in the family needs to feel comfortable. You're now a team. There's no cookie cutter answer to this question. It's all about working together to build that life together. One way you can start to combine is to have like a date night, discuss your financial goals. What do we think about when we think about financial goals? We usually think about retirement, right? My recommendation is yes, discuss retirement goals, but also discuss short and midterm goals. Discuss that dream vacation. Discuss buying your first home or your forever home. How about saving for your kid's college? How do each of you feel about that? Do you know how your partner feels? There's many different views on all of these subjects. You need to sit down with your partner and find out what those dreams and goals are so that you can combine them and come up with a plan. Knowing how each of you feels about these things and finding a middle ground will start to build some trust so that you can start to feel that your money and my money can turn into our money or at least partially become our money, right? So the old joke is my money is my money and his money is my money. But honestly, that's really not how it is. And sometimes one person or the other kind of does take a backseat to the, on the finances because one person may be better at managing and paying the bills and knowing when the bills are due may be more organized in that way. But both people need to have a say. And discussing those goals and things like that, you can have more of a say even if you're not the one who actually takes the action to pay the bills because it's that working together. Discussing and establishing goals together and making a plan together is a way to start saving together. And it also brings the conversation around to the monthly expenses and how to work together to meet your current obligations so that your financial goals and dreams can be met. I'm a huge believer that you can achieve anything if you make a plan for it and act on that plan. So there's that SMART goal again that we discuss in quite a few episodes now. So your goals need to be specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. So now you and your partner have discussed your goals and you've come up with some great ones. What do these goals cost? This is where your budget or monthly plan comes into play. As you've heard me say many times, you have to know where your money is going so that you can make the choice to put your money where you want it to go. You need to know what your monthly expenses are and what your goals are in combining your finances. On our website, it has the PDF version of the spreadsheet that I use. And this can help you sort out your finances and move forward towards your goals. You can go to askmymom.podbean.com to see it. It is just the PDF version. But if you would like me to share the actual spreadsheet with you for free, send me an email at askmymompod at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to the, to the spreadsheet. In your email, let me know what episode you listen to so that I know that the link is free for you. Have you and your partner decided to work from a place where all of your money goes into one pot and then you disperse from there to pay your bills? Or are you working on a fair and balanced way to distribute bills? 
do you even really have a plan in place or is everything kind of willy nilly right now? Have those conversations. Are you both ready to go all in or is it better for you to take baby steps? You may know what you want, but does your partner know what they want? Do you know what your partner wants? Do they know what you want? You have to have these conversations to find that middle ground. Have you discussed your goals and decided which ones you want to start working towards first? Review those expenses and make the decisions together on where you want your money to go. The spreadsheet from the Ask My Mom website will really help you see where your money goes. And that helps you make those decisions on where you want your money to go. Because you don't know how to get where you want to be until you really know where you are. So you have to know where your money is going currently. And maybe your partner, if you're really the bill payer, maybe your partner really has no actual concept of what the monthly expenses are. Maybe they know, well, the electric bill is 140 and the gas bill is this, and this is what I spend in gas in my car. But do they know the big picture? Or are they the main bill payer and you really don't know the big picture? You have to sit down and talk to each other about that. So let's look at the all-in approach. It could look something like everyone's pay goes into one pot. From there, all the bills are paid. And when I say pay bills, I'm talking about housing, transportation, food, and debts. So now we have taken care of our necessities as a family. Remember, this is after you have established a new budget based on where you want your money to go. Now let's put our money into savings. Most likely, some of your monthly income has already gone into your retirement. But do you have retirement savings outside of that? And now let's put our money into our various other savings vehicles that are helping us with our short and midterm goals. And emergency savings is always one I recommend. But beyond that, what are you working towards? Move that money out of the big pot into those savings accounts. Better yet, set up allotments straight from your direct deposit to cover all of your savings. What is left now? How many extra activities have you agreed upon? Does someone have a gym membership and someone else collects figurines? These may be things that one person has no interest in, but you both agree that it's something that's important to each of you and that money can be spent on your individual wants. Perhaps you don't want to have to negotiate your wants with each other and the remaining money after all the necessities and the savings have been paid, you just split it all down the middle. That's okay too. And remember, you can have more than one savings account and more than one checking account at your bank or credit union. Basically, by incorporating structure into your finances, you're really giving yourself more freedom. I'm addicted to my daughter's Cricut. You know what that is? It cuts the vinyl designs to make custom t-shirts or stickers for decor, stickers on cups, like the Yeti cups that everybody puts their name on or the water cups. Like I'm totally addicted to that. I've been putting names and labels on everything. Noelle thinks I'm crazy. She says everything doesn't need to be named in the kitchen. I think it does. I love the cricket. I'm so addicted to it. My husband supports this craziness, although I get a lot of eye rolls and I know I spend too much. So the money I spend on my vinyl comes out of my allowance because we each get an allowance. We pay everything. We move the savings. We do whatever. We each get our little allowance. And we leave some in a common account for unexpected things that don't necessarily have to come out of emergency savings, like if um, the younger daughter needs something for school or there's a concert we want to attend, there's also a little pot in the checking in this, the combined checking account for those types of things. He has a video game subscription and all these crazy apps for television so he can watch soccer games and movies. I think he has way too many, but he takes that out of his own allowance because that's his hobby. I have the cricket. He watches movies and watches soccer. That way we don't really have to go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're spending this much because it comes out of his money. 
his allowance and my cricket, my vinyl, I watch for the sales at Michael's and I'm out there spending my allowance on vinyl. So it doesn't affect the family and I still get to have my hobbies. We do the allowance so that our, our wants don't cause a financial hardship for the family. I know what I personally have to spend. We're not swiping from the same pot, overdrafting the account. And having the ability to still do those little things for ourselves is really beneficial to our emotional well-being and supports our self-care. We don't have to fight with each other about it and it makes us feel good and it gives us our unwind time or whatever we need that for. It really supports our self-care. We each get the same amount regardless of who makes what and we can do whatever with that money. So that works for us. By developing this structure, and this did not happen overnight, we really have reduced financial arguments. There's normally a discussion about impulse purchases, but knowing that both of us are impulse shoppers, we found a way to work with this bad habit and not let it overtake or cause a hardship. Basically, we budget for it. And that's that extra money we leave in that joint account. So it covers expenses that pop up. Or we also, we love gadgets. So if like there's a new gadget out, we can take it out of that money if we both agree on it so that it doesn't create a problem in the big picture. We budget for our bad habit, basically. I hope that makes sense. Um, if not, you know, send me an email and I can explain or shoot you an email back. Working within what we're like and what we like to do really has built that structure. And we really don't have any bad conversations about money anymore. Um, like the hardest thing was when the hurricane came, insurance isn't covering the minor repairs we need because it's under the deductible. So those are conversations that we have. I think all the contractors want way too much money. He says he doesn't want to do it himself. So, you know, those are conversations. I get that. Um, not everything is peaches and cream, any, you know, all the time. But it takes time to build that understanding of each other, of each other's wants and needs to come up with a plan together. But this doesn't work for everyone. And I totally understand that. It worked for us, but it, you know, really took us 25 years to get to get here. So if you're not really ready to combine, there are some ways you can work together to still meet that common goal. So let's say you have established some common goals. You use the Ask My Mom spreadsheet to learn where all of your money is going and where you want it to go. So if each of you work outside the home, you can decide that each pays half of all the expenses, housing, food, utilities, kids' needs, money into savings towards your goals and emergencies. Then each of you maintains the remainder of your own pay. This is a way to do it, but it may not always seem fair if one person makes significantly more than the other, which is often the case. So what's another way you can do this? Well, one person could cover all or most of the short or midterm savings to work towards those common goals while the other covers the bills, or you could distribute the bills and commitments based on a percentage. So what this looks like is that you each pay a percentage of the bills based on what percentage each makes of the total household income. For example, if one partner makes $5,000 a month and the other makes $2,000 a month, the total is $7,000 a month. So therefore, one person makes 71% of the total income and the other person makes 29% of the total income. So you would pay 71% or 29% respectively of the total commitments. Then each of you could have your own personal budget for your incidentals and hobbies. And what you include in the monthly combined expenses is up to you. 
That is why it's important to sit down and talk about our goals first and then do a budget together so that you can each share and compromise on what's important as a family unit and to each of you individually. Now, let me just say that just because one person makes 71% doesn't mean they have 71% of the vote. I know that there are some that think they do. They think just because they make more money, they have more say. This is where setting that ego aside really comes into play. This is a team decision and should be agreed upon fairly. Maybe the one who makes less actually has more of a sense for budgeting and managing. So each person should have an equal say. That helps build your cohesion as a family because you didn't get married to just be alone. Really, you got married to become one. It all comes back to compromise and working together by finding your common goals first. You can really make great strides on things that may have been holding us back on combining, especially if financial trust is an issue. And it's okay if financial trust is an issue, but we still have to find ways to work together as a family. And that trust can be built to the point of being comfortable with the decisions because working together and not arguing over finances can definitely reduce the stress of a marriage, can reduce the fallout that the financial stress puts on other parts of the marriage. So things can improve, that trust can be built. Finding what system works best for your family is the key. Everyone involved should feel comfortable. You just need to find that comfort zone. So none of this is going to happen quickly and it could mean a little trial and error. Having a monthly or a bi-weekly budget date night or maybe date afternoon, you know, when the kids are in school, helps you discuss what is and isn't working and helps you make adjustments as needed. It doesn't have to be set in stone from day one. A budget really needs to be revisited often because life changes all of the time. Kids' activities change, utilities can change, the price of gas has gone up, so that budget needed to change. Personal goals and dreams change. Keeping those lines of communication open and working together and compromising really helps reduce the financial stress of a marriage and helps you focus on the other aspects of being a family. And working towards those common goals on things like vacations, or just home improvements helps build your commitment to each other and from a partnership for the long haul. And that really is the goal, right? No one gets married to argue and certainly not, you don't get married to, to get divorced over money. So don't forget, you can request a free copy of the editable spreadsheet by emailing me at askmymompod at gmail.com and you mention this episode. So take the time to schedule that date night, get a bottle of wine or make a pot of tea, grab a box of tissues, discuss your financial goals and dreams, establish your budget, decide where you want your money to go, and then decide if you want to go all in and combine all of your finances, or if you want to maintain separate accounts after the combined obligations are taken care of. And you have to decide which route works better for you when you combine. I really do like that percentage idea. I think that's a pretty fair way. I think that's probably, if we didn't do it the way we did it, we probably would do something like that. Except for right now, where I don't have a full-time job anymore, that really wouldn't work for me. But we've been married so long, like our money has been our money for such a long time. Um, And we've supported each other through the ups and downs of marriage for the last 25 years. So, you know, financial ups and downs and all the ups and downs, right? So that's the goal is you support each other when necessary and you expect that support in return. Getting married really does mean you've formed a partnership. Although it may take time to solidify that and learn how to work within that partnership, marriage is a learning curve, 
right? Don't give up right away. There's nothing is learned overnight, but working together towards common goals does help you feel like a more cohesive team. You have to find out what works best for you and your family. And if you have questions on this topic or you feel like I didn't cover your concern, please send me an email at askmymompod at gmail.com and I will be happy to expand for you. Um, I think this is a great topic. A lot of couples, I think, struggle with this, especially if they're established already in their finances or maybe they're a little bit older and set in their ways. This is a good topic. I think a lot of times we don't realize we see the fluffery of marriage and, oh, I get to live with my best friend forever. But this is like the real deal. This is the nitty gritty. This is the ugly side of marriage that you don't see on those diamond engagement ring commercials. You know, this is it. And being prepared for these conversations and for these changes and making a plan ahead of time really goes a long way. But if you didn't make your plan ahead of time, that's okay. We can make a plan now. It's never too late to get started. And it's never too late to change your mindset. Regardless of why you may have the views you have, these things can change because your new number one is your family unit. It's not myself anymore. So we have to do what makes, we have to do what works best for that family. So please, if you have more questions or you have some input, you know, shoot me an email. I'm happy to hear from you. Thank you for listening today. And I hope you learned something. Um, I feel like I said, this is pretty important stuff. So I welcome additional conversation on this topic. And um, we'll get working on that pre-marriage conversation episode. So have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook at Ask My Mom Pod. You can email any questions to askmymompod at gmail.com. And of course, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this. Thank you.